Welcome to Coach's Corner Health and Wellness Podcast, your go-to source for insightful discussions and expert interviews on all things related to holistic well-being. Tune in to explore a wide range of topics from nutrition and fitness to mental health and mindfulness. Join us as we delve into the latest research, share practical tips, and engage in conversations that inspire positive lifestyle changes. Whether you're on a journey to better health or seeking valuable insights for a balanced life, this podcast is your trusted companion for all things health and wellness. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, family. Welcome to another episode of Coach's Corner. I am your host, Coach Alexander Levy, and this is another fantastic interview with my good friend, Nate Burberian. Nate, did I get that correct on the last name? You did. Very well done, Alex. All right. Awesome, awesome. Listen, guys, we are going to delve in today into the world of nutrition, which is going to be a very important topic for any individual on their fitness journey. We want to make sure that fitness is going to be one of the major pillars that you want to pay attention to. So I thought it was only fitting to bring in Mr. Nutrition himself, Big Nate. How are you? And welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Alex. I really appreciate it. And I'm doing well. Congratulations on the new podcast. Everything looks great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, Nate, why don't you tell the uh, listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what got you into fitness in the first place? Yeah, sure. Um, Just a little bit about me personally. Um, Grew up in a small town, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, lived most of my life there. Um, was always an athlete and uh, always interested in playing sports, which you know essentially kind of got me into fitness in the first place. Uh, played at some of the highest levels, Division One, a short professional career after that. Um, but I always kind of stayed involved in fitness. Um, you know, from there, I took a really big interest in um, just seeing how far I could kind of change my body and um, got into the bodybuilding side of things for a little bit and uh, just never really left. And so it's something I kind of uh, build my life around and continue to do that daily. Sounds good. So uh, sounds like you are another northern transplant. I'm originally from Connecticut and had one winter too many (laughs) and uh, I came south like the birds and uh, never left. What part of uh, Massachusetts are you from? Uh, so right outside the city of Worcester. That's a, that's a, about 45 minutes west of Boston. Um, grew up most of my life in and around there. I did live actually in Connecticut for a little bit. Wow, okay. um, you know, went to college in Connecticut and Hartford. A um, little time in New Hampshire. So, you know, New England's kind of through and through in me. And uh, although I don't have the... Also favorite Boston accent, uh, you know, I, I still make my time to, to go Pop the car. You got it. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Uh, still take my time to go visit some family up there, but uh, very much like you, um, I'm, I'm Florida now and consider myself to be a Floridian, probably never going to head out. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the Sunshine State, right? <laughs> so I know you talked about a little uh, of your athlete career uh, into baseball. So what influence, what influence did your baseball background contribute to, would you say, your, your current training routine? Was there any similarities to things that you did back when you were training for baseball that has actually carried on to how you train now? Oh, very much so. Um, you know, huge influence. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting and obviously started playing well, well um, beyond or well before my high school time, but um you know, as you get into the high school uh, stage, that's generally when most people 
tend to start working out and getting into fitness and understanding the importance of of how fitness and athletic performance sort of coincide together. So, um, you know, I guess to a certain extent, you're almost kind of forced into it, though, too. Mm. Um, You know, playing at the highest level in college, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely considered to be a very rigorous part and a very important part of of what we do and getting our bodies ready, you know, starting from the fall all the way into the winter and springtime when you end up playing. So, you know, um, being an athlete, um, you know, you, you learn a lot about your body, how your body works, how you can get to perform at the highest level. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, I did much, much through my teens into my early 20s. And a lot of the routines that I still do now um, are routines that I learned back then. Um, you know, obviously, we've continued to learn a little bit more about uh, fitness as we get older and, yeah. and we adapt. But, um, you know, it, it's been a huge influence. And, and I still try and mimic a lot of what I do now to what I did back then. So was it more functional training for you back then? Or was it more strength training related? What what was maybe some of the differences um, from the athlete level as maybe what you do personally on, on workouts now? Sure. Uh, you know, I think it's a good mix of both, actually. Um, you know, obviously, as an athlete, you, you have to remain functional. Um, just a quick overview. I was a pitcher. Um, you know, we're considered to be the best athletes out there. Some <laughs> might disagree, but... Right. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a big emphasis on, you know, not only keeping your arm and your upper body in shape, but but the lower half as well, too. So, you know, there is a, a good mix of the strength component and learning how to do some Olympic lifting mixed with some functional training, uh, you know, recovery aspects to, to keeping your arm in good condition. But, uh, you know, also just that strength and power and bodybuilding. So you get to learn a lot of different styles, which I think is really good. Um, you know, some people have their preferences where, where they generally tend to gravitate towards, you know, for me, it was always more of that bodybuilding style, but I think it's also important as a coach to kind of understand the the different aspects of training and, and how some people perform better in, in certain areas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know, uh, some of the listeners are like, wow, you know, you told me this was actually going to be about nutrition (laughs) and I haven't heard anything on nutrition, but I really wanted to, and and I believe in in training that nutrition and strength training, all of it is is relevant and plays important parts of each role. So I wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about your background so people kind of knew where you were pulling your information from, how you uh, have used that information from the past and how you use it currently with your clients now, not only from the strength training portion, but actually from the nutrition portion. So really wanted to kind of transition and shift gears into the nutrition side. So uh, nutrition obviously is a cornerstone of your coaching with your current clients now. Um, Tell us a little bit about your nutrition onboarding process with a new client. I know you do a couple things that may be a little bit different, a couple nuances. Uh, I know we talked in the past and I was like, man, you know, I I never really thought about that. Could you kind of share what some of the listeners, some of the things that you do um, with a new client and how do you really break them into the nutrition portion of their training? Sure. Uh, You know, I think at the forefront of it all is just, you know, having a good understanding of just exactly how important nutrition is to this whole dialogue. Um, You know, it's it's a line I've used with clients over and over again. I still believe it to be true to this day, which is, you know, nothing else really matters if the nutrition's not on point. Mm. If you come in, the gym five, six, seven days a week, bust your butt every day. But if, if you don't have a, a strong focus on the nutrition, 
your body's really not going to change that much. Yeah. Um, and that, so just that adage of uh, you can't out-treat a bad diet, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, it's a little cliche, but I also find it to be very true. Right. So, um, you know, just putting such a strong emphasis on that, um, you know, and especially from the standpoint of where it's, I generally find it to be the biggest area where most people struggle in as well, too. Mm. You know, learning exercises and, and movement patterns um, is all stuff that's a very repeatable and, and easy, to, easy to do. You know, most people really struggle to have an understanding of, you know, not only the importance of nutrition, but I think also just a just a general understanding of, hey, what should I be eating? How many calories should I have? What, what's a macronutrient? Um, how is this going to affect my performance in a gym? And, and how do I do it for a long period of time? Um, so, you know, when, when it comes to my clients, I, I think that's the first thing, um, you know, just some general practices that I like to do with a lot of my clients. And Alex, this is probably one of the most common questions I get from, from my new clients uh, when we first begin, which is, Nate, how, how many calories should I be eating in a day? Mm. For the most part, I'll give a, a, a pretty consistent and straight answer, which is I don't know, yeah. right? Yeah. And and although I think a lot of times people are taken aback by that, it's a... Um, you know, we need to learn a little bit about our clients before we figure out exactly how many calories we should be should be intaking, how many macronutrients, which macronutrients we should be intaking to yeah. a certain extent. Um, and so education is a big, big part of that. Um, I, much like many other trainers, will, um, you know, strongly emphasize tracking your calories to a client. It, I think it's, you know, although can be tedious and, and a little monotonous over time, yeah. you know, it's it helps build habits for you and ultimately you, you need to know exactly what it is that you're putting in your body and just how far we, we can take that so um, you know I'll generally have all my clients track their calories and macronutrients um, check in with them on that daily um, now when you when you have them track is there any particular app or anything that you would recommend more than than the other or sure I mean there's a ton of things out there to actually use but are there any go-tos that are... You... Yeah, you know, um, th there's a lot of different tracking apps out there. The, the, the MyFitnessPal app seems to be a really, really popular one. Mm -hmm. um, I find it to be very user-friendly, and I think if you can keep all of your clients at least, you know, consistently or staying consistent on the same app, it, it certainly makes it a little bit easier for you as right. well, too. Um, so, yeah, just giving them an opportunity to play around with it for a little bit, get a better understanding. You know, there's a lot of good educational information on there, articles, research studies, things that you can learn from as well, too. So, you know, it's, it's more not just about, hey, do this homework task that I asked for you to do, too. It's more of a, we're, we're, you know, we're doing this for a purpose and for a reason. So I think that's really important as well. Hmm. And so how do you handle it with clients that, probably don't log as often as you would like. Um, you know, I run into that struggle with clients um, where they find it to be a tedious task. Um, I don't have time. Oh, I forgot. What are some things that you do to actually bring them back into actually doing the food logging? Sure. Uh, you know, I think as a trainers, we need to, and coaches, we need to really understand that, uh, you know, not everybody is built like us, right? Mm. So the things that you and I might find to be relatively easy, like tracking food. You know, I tracked my food for many, many years. Yeah. Um, you know, I've kind of reached a point now where 
have a better understanding of exactly what I'm eating without even without even logging it. But right. you know, not everybody is built like us when it comes to that type of stuff. And and much like anything else new that you're throwing into your life, there's there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, coming to the gym, changing your nutrition habits, locking your food these are all new habits that that we have to sort of learn to to form. And so. You know, I, I think from a coach's standpoint, there needs to be a little bit of understanding uh, yep. to that. Um, you Absolutely. know, a lot of positive reinforcement when it comes to that. But, you know, eventually, if, if somebody is genuinely serious about doing this and you can stress the importance of exactly why it is that we're doing this, it's, um, you know, they'll, they'll find a way to come around. And, and generally, in my experience, over time with clients, I, I have learned that, um, you know, it does take some time, but eventually that they do get there. Hmm. Cool. So, um, you know, over, you look at the fitness influencers, you look at, I mean, just so much information is, is out there. Um, you know, I think clients don't actually pay us for information. They actually pay us for the accountability and the implementation of that information, right? Cause it's, it's everywhere. Sure. If you want to know what to eat, you can go on the internet. You can use ChatGPT. I mean, you can use everything these days. But what is probably the one biggest, I don't know, I'd say myth maybe that you want to debunk about nutrition that's kind of circulating out there? And it may be controversial. It might be, you know, hey, this is standard that's out there. But you know what? Um, no, I don't prescribe to that. Yeah. What's what's one one big thing that you would say? Um, a myth that you debunk in the whole nutrition industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there when it comes to, you know, a lot of the misinformation and, you know, with us transitioning in more to an online world, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there, YouTube, you know, videos, things that you can watch. Um, and it's tough um, for somebody that doesn't come from this space to really understand exactly what to believe and what not to believe. You know, for the most part, I, I have, kind of have this general rule that says if, if you're really only following what, what one person is telling you at all times, then, then you're probably following the wrong direction. Mm. Um, and so I think it's important to kind of get a lot of different uh, viewpoints um, and, and listen to see in what you find to be the most consistent message that you're hearing from a lot of different people. Um, you know, when it comes to the myths of, of things that I, I wouldn't even necessarily maybe call this a myth, but probably one of the biggest things or trends that I see from most people um, that come to me with, with some of their nutrition protocols is, you know, which, which diet should I follow? Mm, and, yeah. and, you know, hearing that word sometimes, it, it almost kind of eeks me. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a what diet should I follow? Um, you know, and, and I think the biggest thing that I try and stress to people is that, you know, there, there's not always exactly one straight answer to that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you got to find something that you can really stick with over the long period of time here. And so, you know, there is no one diet that is better than another. You know, we, we've seen a lot of things over the last couple of years with the ketogenic diet. There's the carnivore diet. Now we used to talk about Atkins back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, we, I think we, what happens is that we tend to try and force ourselves into these small vacuums of, you know, this is the diet that I'm going to follow and I'm going to get results or, or, you know, Bobby Sue or Jane Doe got, got results doing this. And so I'm going to do that too. But, you know, we need to be focusing a little bit more about, you know, how do I fit my life into a certain routine, you know? And so whether that's, you know, intermittent fasting or, or doing one of the diets that we just spoke about, it's, um, 
you know, there's no one diet that's going to be better than another from, at least from a scientific standpoint. Yeah. You know, what, what you should be really focusing on is just finding a diet that fits your lifestyle and that you can find to be sustainable over a long period of time. Interesting. Interesting. So I know the biggest thing that I have, um, that people are asking about now is intermittent fasting. That seems to be like the new hot topic. It's, it was keto and then it was the carnivore, like you said, and then it was, you know, no carb and then it was, but now everyone is, Oh, what should I be doing? Fasted cardio, or maybe I should be doing intermittent fasting. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah. You know, um, it kind of ties back to what I said before about, you know, you hear it from one person and then another person picks it up and another person picks it up. And before you know it, it it becomes the Bible. And, uh, it's, um, you know, listen, intermittent fasting, um, you know, I, I'll come right out and say I don't have anything against intermittent fasting for, yep. for anybody that is interested or wanting to do it. Um, but again, I'll, I'll tie back to what I said before there, too. It's also something that has to fit into your lifestyle. And so, you know, essentially what intermittent fasting is, is um, shortening up a, a feeding window for yourself and then going for an extended period of time without eating, whether mm-hmm. that's 16 hours, 18 hours, 24 hours, sometimes even beyond that. And um you know, some people can operate really well in that space and say to themselves, hey, you know what, I'm going to shut off my feeding window at this time and I'm going to reopen it again at this time and I'll eat my calories during this time and that's going to help me stay disciplined to mm. my nutrition. And if that works for you, great. I'm going to strongly encourage you to keep doing it, yeah. you know. Um, I think one of the biggest um, issues that we generally tend to see with intermittent fasting is that, um, you know, we we tend to overthink it from the standpoint of that nothing else really matters because I'm doing my fasting, Mm, right? And so this is a conversation I have with my clients all the time, which is a... um, you know, if you think about your, your eating in 24 hour periods, as I think most of us tend to do, it's that if you could fast for 16 or 18 hours, I think that's great. And you've shortened up your feeding window to six to eight hours worth of eating. And you can still stay in a calorie deficit during that time. Great. Um, You know, at the same time, Alex, if if we're fasting for 16 or 18 hours, we have six or eight hours of feeding and we're putting four or 5,000 calories in our body. It doesn't matter that you fasted (laughs) before that, you know, you're you're still going to probably weigh more the next day too. So Um, You know, just having a better understanding of exactly, you know, how our bodies work and, you know, our our bodies don't understand that that at the end of the day, as long as the calorie number still tends to be the same, your weight should still tend to be the same. That's what science tells us. And, um, you know, for some people it works, you know, if if you have a busy day, you have a schedule, you got to get you got to make things happen. Then, um, you know, intermittent fasting, if you feel like you can do it consistently for the rest of your life, then yeah. absolutely do it. And it sounds like consistency is the is the the key, right? Whatever 100%. whatever diet hashtag quotations, whatever you want to call it, um, consistency, right? Whatever you can stick to for a long period of time, um, over and over again, is what's going to deliver the best results for you, right? A hundred percent. And you know, just uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, here is. Uh, yeah, another thing that I think you and I have probably heard on, on multiple occasions, which is, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this diet and I'm going to do it um, until I get down to this weight or I'm going to try this diet out for three months. And, and usually my follow up is, well, why are you only going to do it for that period of time? Well, you know, I, I want to just lose some weight. And, you know, 
the mindset should should sort of be thinking like, okay, well, if this is a lifestyle change that I want to make for myself, and yeah. this is something I know that I'm going to do for the rest of my life, you know, I should sort of prepare myself to have that same mindset when it comes to my nutrition as well, too. And so, um, you know, a lot of times when we hear that, you know, we we tend to sort of try and, you know, gravitate them into the a different mindset shift of do something that you can do sustainable for forever. Right, right. Um, so a lot of things evolve, right? The fitness industry, obviously baseball from when you started, um, you know, what's one thing that you learned about nutrition or training that you wish you knew sooner? Um, you know, one of the things I alluded to earlier in the podcast, and I'm, I'm a victim of this myself, which is that, um, I think these were your words that you can't out train a bad diet. Right. And, uh, I think a lot of times when we're young and naive and, you know, we, we go to the gym and we're feeling good, we're seeing muscle come on. And, you know, that's sort of the last thing that we that we tend to think about when it comes to, you know, if I'm really making progress or not is my nutrition. You know, I was actually having this conversation with somebody today and, um, you know, we, we were discussing nutrition and training programs. They were about to go see some friends they hadn't seen in a long period of time. And, uh you know, I, I, I told them that I think it's funny that a lot of times you see people um, that maybe you haven't seen in a while and they see that your body's changing and, and taking the shape that you really want it to be in. And generally, the first thing that they'll say to you is, hey, you look really good. You must be working out, right? And it, it's funny how our minds don't really tend to think about the nutritional side of things. We yeah. just assume that the workout program is the main component here that right. we're missing. Yep. And, um, you know, it's generally not the case. Um you know, probably the other thing I, I, I've seen, you know, kind of shift is that, um, or I wouldn't even say shift, is that, you know, something I, I notice a lot in the industry is just that, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really fit everybody into the same category either, too, you know. Um, it's not, not everybody is built the same. Not everyone's body, our genetics are different. We have different metabolisms. Our hormonal levels are different. There's, you know, we, we can't exactly just prescribe everybody to to the same idea. Now, as a whole, do I think some of these things are important? Absolutely. Calories in versus calories out, and the big picture is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. You know, at the same time, you know, well, what, what if I have a, a client that's eating 500 calories a day, and, and they're still not losing weight, or they haven't lost weight in a year? Well, am I going to put them on 300 calories a day? Probably <laughs> not, right? Yeah, and right. so, um, you know, having a good understanding of calories in and calories out is, is really important too. But, you know, figuring out, well, okay, am I dealing more with a metabolic issue or or am I dealing with something else? And so, you know, I think that's something that we always need to keep an eye on as well too. Yeah. And I mean, both of us have been, I would say, seasoned uh, in the industry. Um, so over the last decade or so, uh, what changes, how have you really seen the fitness industry change slash evolve um, more so from maybe 10 years ago to where we are now? Obviously, with the introduction of the Internet and, you know, Instagram and social media, chat GPT, uh, all the things that have happened. Um, really talk to us about the change in the industry. 
other than there's a lot more tripods in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly um, right. Definitely <laughs> that. Uh, hey, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm I'm never one to judge when it comes to that, and I think it's great that that people are really embracing themselves in the gym and right. feeling a lot more confident and being willing to put themselves out there. I, you know, I think that that's one of the biggest changes as well too. Um, something that you and I talked about earlier with the online misinformation, I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, with the, with the come up of social media and influencers and, you know, trying to have a better understanding of, of what to believe and what not to believe, you know, back in the day, I I know you're slightly more seasoned than I am, (laughs) but, um, you know, a lot of what you and I learned is through magazines or just, you know, whatever we, we might've just, you know, read on a forum or, or whatever the case might've been now too. And now there's just so many different, you know, ways of communication and so many different avenues of information that you can kind of receive, um, that it's, it's really hard to know what to believe. And so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's important to try and get a better understanding to listen as many as voices as possible. Um, you know, another thing that, that I think we've seen a lot that kind of ties into what I was just talking about is is the need for a, a lot more instantaneous results, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Microwave society, right? For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of that ties right into our social media and, and our accessibility and having the ability to want to get something right now, right? And, and I think that's something that people need to kind of take a step back and really look at. You know, it's... Um, most of our clients that, you know, are in the position that they're in didn't get there overnight and <laughs> right. they have to have a good understanding that it's not an overnight fix. You know, you didn't, you didn't gain 50 pounds in a month. It's, you're certainly not going to lose it 50 pounds in a month, not, yeah. at least not a safe way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I find that we're always kind of looking for that next like really quick hack. You know, I, I go online a lot, Alex, I see, well, here's a hack to do this. Yeah. Here's a hack to do that, whether it's you know, something changing with your exercises. A lot of the times it's medications or, um, you know, supplementation, things like that. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a very slippery slope to go down, I think, with people, um, you know, mostly from the standpoint of, yeah, I understand you want, we want quick results and, and we want to be able to see our bodies change for the better and feel more confident in who we are too. But, you know, the whole dialogue of this conversation has been about consistency. And I think right. that that's really the main thing is that, you know, it's, you got to focus on consistency and and you got to focus on your habits, you know, taking, you know, a semaglutide or something like that that seems to be a mainstream thing right now. Will will it help you probably move the needle closer to where you want to be right at this moment? Sure, absolutely, but are, are you really changing your habits when you're doing that, yeah, exactly. right? And yeah. if if you're looking for a lifestyle shift, I think there there needs to be a little bit more self-awareness, I think when it kind of comes to that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. 100% agree. Um, Nate, for folks that are actually looking for more information, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Obviously, there may be some folks listening to the podcast that are like, man, this guy really sounds like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, and they want to get in touch with you. Um, how, how would how would they reach you? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm no shortcomer to social media either, so, you know, I, I won't pretend like uh, I don't practice that as well. But, um, you know, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. Um, my handle's at Nate, that's N-A-T-E dot, and my last name is Barbarian, as he pronounced correctly. That's B-E-R-B-E-R. I A N again. That's at Nate dot Barbarian. Um, always doing a, a lot of things, uh, sharing important information about nutrition, videos, things like that, um, as well as pictures of me and my clients. Um, feel free to send me an email. That's Nathan Barbarian at gmail.com. Again, that's Nathan Barbarian at gmail.com. 
or for any of our local people, hey, come on down to, you know, the local gym and see me. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, I think it's important. And, and obviously, you know, we get into this business because, you know, we genuinely care about helping people and seeing people change, right? right? And yep. so, um, you know, that's something that I uh, tell myself every day when, when I go in and, and train my clients in person or I'm just discussing fitness or nutrition with somebody walking through the grocery store. And, um, you know, it's 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 something that I try and live by every day to if I can change some lives and, and really be a positive influence on somebody, it's, um, you know, that's that's priceless to me. Nice, nice, nice. So let's close this out, Nate. Um, tell us what's next for you. Um, where, where, do you where do you see yourself um, not just the industry, but you know, what's, what's next for you? Do you see yourself getting back into maybe sports? Do you see yourself, uh, I mean, I don't know what, what, what's next for you? Sure. Um, well, you know, from the, from the sporting side of things and something I tell people all the time is that, you know, being an athlete never really leaves you. And so, you know, al- although I don't play at a, at a professional level anymore, I think it's still important to always keep your body in that condition. And, and if you never really lose that mindset, you're always going to still continue to feel young, Something yeah. I try and really, um, you know, uh, build my life around and the idea, the mindset of just, you know, staying young, staying active and, and feeling good all the time type of thing, you know. Um, you know, Alex, I do, I do love to train my clients, um, you know, on a daily basis. I think nothing really beats that ability to, to see somebody and and understand the emotions that they're going through and, yeah. and just kind of see how they are in person too. But, um, you know, sky's the limit as well too. It's uh, the, f- the future's kind of unknown, but, yeah. you know, at this point I can tell you that I'm going to continue to help people day in and day out, um, you know, share as much good information as I can with anybody that wants to hear it and uh, always be willing to lend that hand out to them. Well, thanks, thanks. Thanks for your information. Thanks for hanging out with me on the podcast. Uh, Certainly valuable information. Once again, I will leave Nate's information in the description so you'll know how to reach him. And Nate, just want to thank you once again for hanging out with me on the podcast and sharing uh, your wealth of information with the listeners. So um, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Uh, Take care, everybody.